Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Healed and Healthy. I sound a little ronca because I'm starting to get sick um, and my mouth has been so dry. And let me tell you guys <laughs> why. And um, I'm going to tell you guys why, but real quick, I am going to mention that I think, I don't know if I mentioned it in, in the previous podcast, but I do want to start actually like recording me recording myself on the podcast <laughs> like the video wise like visual version but i've been into wine lately i don't know like why but i don't know i'm just a wine girl now it makes me feel more grown up and more mature and more like a boss as female so i have noticed though that unfortunately when i do drink wine like my mouth is hella dry so Actually, I should go get a glass of water right now. But um, welcome back to another episode of Healed and Healthy. Um, this episode is a pretty... Um, it's not going to be sad because obviously, like I said, in this new season of my life, like I've kind of like healed from that and I'm not hella debre anymore. So it's just going to be telling you guys my um, story of pregnancy loss and dealing with pregnancy loss alone instead of having your partner so that is going to be today's episode and without further ado let me get my glass of wine and my cup of water Okay, so I know I said that I was going to at least um, be posting once one episode per month and I slacked off last month, October. <laughs> and I know you guys hear me say this all the time, but I really do be busy. Like life happens and um, look, these celebrities, I, I hate when people are like, oh, like most well, celebrities. They say, oh, we, ha we all have the same 24 hours in a day or whatever. Yeah, but these celebrities, these rich people got assistance and help and all that, nannies and shit, and your girl don't, okay? So I get two days off of the week. Wednesdays, I have therapy, and they're my technically only off day from work, and, you know, I got to go to the gym. I make my doctor's appointments on those days. I run my errands on those days. I have to cook. I have to clean. Now that I'm living by myself, like obviously I have to take care of stuff here at the house. Um, Sundays, I am in a, a student teacher assistant, I don't know, for CCD for Sunday church school. So there goes basically pretty much two hours of my day. Um, I also have to get to church. I also have to cook and meal prep for the week. I have to spend time with my family. Like it's just insane. It's a lot to do. So I try obviously my very best to film as much as i can but i know last month i kind of slacked off but i do have three episodes also not gonna lie um the reason why i didn't really post is because i was actually low-key having a little bit of trouble finding the topics to talk about i know i think i mentioned the, la the like two episodes ago that i had good ideas and i kind of did but i also want to organize them in like a nice time frame like my life i'm very organized everything i have to do like I have to write it out. It has to be color coordinated. It has to be like just organized. I'm a very organized person. So I also wanted to like time frame things around like certain seasons um, in life, holidays and 
special moments and stuff like that. So being that this time around the year is very special and dear to me, that's why I decided to fill film this episode and then the next two that I'm having is also because of some stuff that's been happening in my life but um enough rambling I always have to ramble at least for like the first five or ten minutes um I'm telling you guys wine oh my gosh my friend shout out to Angie put me on some wine and oh also I'm filming this on a weekend night which is not typical of me because I typically film on Wednesdays. I try to be on like on a schedule as much as I can. But yeah, I typically film Wednesdays and it is a weekend. So typically Wednesdays, I have like, I already had breakfast and I had like my little morning tea. Now, I don't know what I'm telling you guys. I don't know what it is about having a glass of wine. Literally, I'm not even getting up at work and I just be waiting and to get home and just lay on the couch or lay on my bed and have a glass of wine I don't know why that's just so relaxing to me now like I'm not even kidding I look forward to like getting home my own home being by myself and having my one we know it's not one but one to two (laughs) glasses of wine and just chilling even if it's like even if I'm cooking the other day I was cooking and just casually having a glass of wine I don't know that's fulfilling to me now but the wine that i love to drink now is marenco pineto i don't know it's red wine it's sweet it's good i like it i mean right now i've only drank three different kinds of red wine so if you have any good wine recommendations put me on please (laughs) but in today's episode it's not gonna be a wine episode which i should have one though (laughs) but it's not going to be that it is going to be um in the topic of pregnancy laws dealing with pregnancy laws i briefly talked about it in the past i believe but now i'm gonna tell you guys my my story a little bit how i dealt with it by myself um losing my first pregnancy and having to go through all that by myself which i it's not like and i emphasize on myself because literally like it's already hard as it is probably like as a couple but when you deal with it with like by yourself without the partner or the person that was supposed to be there with you it just hits different and it's not a pity party at all like honestly I love the fact that I can tell a story I love and hate <laughs> I love the fact that I can tell the story and this be my story and only my story that nobody could take away from me it just kind of sucks when um I do talk about it because I do have a tattoo in honor of my baby um when people ask i've had quite a few people tell me like oh did you and your partner try again did you guys ever have more kids and i'm like he's not in the picture (laughs) that's the only thing where i kind of hate because like the other person does get brought up a little bit but it doesn't bother me because i literally bring no attention or no thought really to him i just say oh no like we're not together and just like that keep it moving you know but anyway so when i found out i was pregnant um I had texted the person and I was blocked. <laughs> so my message never went through. And if I laugh, it's not really because it's funny. It's just that nervous, awkward laugh. But also it's like a calm laugh because I'm okay with it now. And now I kind of look back and there's certain things that happen that are kind of humorous. Like me and my siblings kind of joke around with it. Um, I also have dark humor and I'm very, I don't know, I'm a very funny person and I accept all types of humor like i think it's good to like pick on yourself or not be not be so serious and stuff but yeah i hope you guys don't find it offensive because obviously like it's a serious topic it's a topic that's dear to my heart but you know it's it's the past it's life 
English. This water tastes so good. A little ASMR. <laughs> but anyway, so when I found out I was pregnant and I sent him the text, it did not go through. And then <laughs> my best friend sent him the text message and it was just he went crazy. He like denied everything. He denied seeing me. He denied ever being in contact with me. He just denied the whole thing. Deny, deny, deny. Um, and then I obviously had to tell my parents by myself. Um, typically when you announce that you're pregnant, you know, you share it as a couple. And I had to do that by myself. Um, so uh, I told my sister first. And then I told my brother. Then I told my mom. And then, of course, I told my dad last because I was super scared. Um, and that obviously the conversation with my parents was not the best like they obviously were disappointed and upset and um more so after they found out who the father was and then the fact that I was going to be going through this by myself um obviously like at first like I said it was they were disappointed and upset and angry and then later it turned into a hurt like they were it hurt them seeing me deal with it and experience everything by myself like the first um couple weeks like obviously they were kind of like they were everyone was excited after like they got over you know like parents mexican parents they kind of get over it and stuff so after they got over and accepted it and then they started looking forward to it they um they're like you know this is such a beautiful experience for two people to be sharing whatever very traditional and old school mentality i'm like yeah but like I don't have to share them, you know, like I can have my baby all to myself. And I was okay with that. I was literally super okay with that. Um, a thing too that that I had to do by myself was like start planning for the future. Literally, I'd never ever forget when I um first found out. I don't know what something like clicked in me and I was literally all I thought about was okay. I need to open my child some type of school savings account or a future account. I have to financially already have my child set for their future. Um, I have to look into buying a property, looking into having um, them in the best schools. What area are we going to live in? Um, what are they going to, where are they going to go to school? Where are they going to go to daycare? Who's going to take care of my child? Like, oh my gosh, you guys have no idea. I don't know. Like, I really went like full mom mode and it was like the craziest thing i'll never forget that feeling but obviously like again doing that by myself was kind of good because <laughs> because of my personality i'm just more like now i've gotten better obviously but i've always been like it's either my way or the highway type type of personality and um so i like the fact that i was making all the decisions and there was nobody else that had a say in it <laughs> so that was kind of like a good thing where i was just like Nobody could tell me, like, you can't do this or you can't do that. Or I don't have to, um, like, what is it called? Run it through by anyone, like my partner or the parents, uh, the child's father. Like, I make the decision. So, you know, and I'm, yeah, I was going to say I'm pretty good at making decisions. Clearly, I'm not if I got pregnant by the wrong person. <laughs> so I guess I'm not the good, I'm not that good at decision making. But, you know, when it comes to certain things, I'm, pretty good at making the right choices so yeah that was one thing that I kind of was looking forward to the fact that I was going to be my decision at the end of the day um and also because like regardless like I was going to take accountability for like oh I, I wasn't going to be like blaming the other person like oh you chose this school or you chose that you know it was all going to be on me um so 
Um, the first few weeks were kind of tough. I actually had really bad nausea um, and morning sickness. I mean, all day sickness, pretty much. It was really bad in the morning, so for sure. Um, I was super nauseous. Any smell made me sick. Like, I couldn't look at food. I couldn't hold down food. I didn't want anything. Like, I was not, cra- I didn't have any cravings Um, in the first trimester. I mean, I only went through the first trimester, but I didn't make it past the first trimester at least. Um, but I did have a lot of morning sickness and just like nauseousness and just everything just the only thing I could hold down was like cookies cookies and a smoothie and sometimes some fruit um but yeah that was kind of tough because I had I was like throwing up on myself and that's where kind of my parents were seeing me kind of struggle already and they're like we hate this for you like we don't want to see you going through this by yourself you know and but again it is what it is but yeah, that was kind of tough because it's kind of like I'm the type that when I throw up, I start crying for no reason. So I'm just like, ah, like I do. I did hate that feeling. You know, I'm like, I hate that I can't have that person with me and like just tell me everything's going to be OK or like cheer me on or something. So that was kind of tough waking up in the mornings and just straight up throwing up or having some breakfast and straight up just throwing it up, um, feeling sick all the time, you know, um, so that was kind of tough and then obviously the big part which was the loss of it so um one thing the the first hospital the initial office that I was going to the OP office had been my OP office for years and I actually did like it a lot but when it came so when I had my first ultrasound like official ultrasound um that's when I was told that they could not find the baby's heartbeats. So I had one ultrasound prior to that ultrasound um, at the hospital because I had a little bit of a scare. And then, so like I said, that was my first official ultrasound because it was at the office that I was going to be, like with the doctors that I was going to be seeing. The first ultrasound I had was at the hospital, the emergency room at the hospital. But yeah, so my first official like ultrasound that I was like able to see the baby and hear the baby and all that was unfortunately the time where they told me that they could not find the baby's heartbeat. And so I like and I kind of stopped going to that office because of that day, how they treated me when I when I was given the news. So I obviously was there by myself and then my best friend couldn't go with me, but she did visit me to another doctor's appointment but unfortunately nobody could go with me to that first ultrasound appointment and so yeah after the lady told me that they couldn't hear the heartbeat um she's like oh, I was so mad too she's like oh do you want to call your partner do you want to call your spouse and I was like bitch what like clearly I'm here by myself like my partner could come don't you think he'd be here with me on like our first ultrasound appointment? And I can clearly remember too that office, like when I first called to tell them that like I thought I was pregnant, so I wanted to go in. They started asking me all these questions and they even I don't know why randomly too. Well, randomly not that randomly, but they just wanted to know some like history, background, family information. And they're they asked me about the dad and they're like, Oh, any um family history about I can't remember exactly what I can't remember it was if it was like illnesses like um passed down like genetic um diseases illnesses whatever I pretty sure it was that but they asked me something about um 
on the dad's side and i was like and i was like hesitant so i guess like the reception's kind of new she's like is the dad gonna be involved and i was like no <laughs> so i'm pretty sure they kind of already knew that i was gonna be a single mom and i was also young so i felt like they already looked at me a certain way because not gonna lie my that doctor's office is in a super white dump white dump, prominently white i don't know how to, like mainly like that's mainly like all white people suburb so yeah clearly like other patients are like white couples and stuff like that so yeah when that lady told me like oh do you want to call your spouse i'm like no i don't want to call my spouse i don't have one the heck and you know that so why are you acting and so that kind of pissed me off and that kind of put me like in a situation where again i do wish um i would have wished or i would have hoped that my partner was there like maybe i would have had a different experience or interpreted a separate way a, a different way and again obviously like to comfort me at that moment and just kind of like calm me down and be like okay like we're gonna figure it out like we're gonna go to the hospital we're gonna get a second opinion whatever right and then she's just throwing information at me she after they told me that they couldn't find the baby's heartbeat and i'll never forget i was like what do you mean like i i really was not understanding what like she meant i was like what do you mean like you like don't know how to find it like uh, <laughs> i'm not even kidding i was like is the baby sleeping at the heart you can't hear the heart like i really thought i'm like well maybe the baby's sleeping like i don't know i don't know why that came to my mind but yeah like i was like i don't know i was in shock it's just something like i was in a moment of shock where i didn't really understand what she was trying to tell me by that like what do you mean so then later she brought the doctor in and then the doctor like calmed me down a little bit and she was like well these are your options like i see being like frio like she just like these are your options you can take a pill and you'll like just the baby will just come out um the fetus will come out second you can do that there and whatever right i was like staring at her and i'm like what do you mean you can't find the baby's heartbeat like i'm still trying to process what the um ultrasound tech just told me like five minutes ago like so you throwing information at me right now is i'm still trying to process what was just happened in the other room you know so again in the moment of confusion and shock i was like there by myself i didn't like i was panicking i called my mom i called my best friend i had to head to the hospital by myself like it was a moment where like i did not want to be alone like i don't know like i remember getting to the car and screaming and crying on the phone to my mom and i was just like like i don't want to be here mom like i don't know like she's saying that the harpy isn't there and my mom's like relax you can't like no te puedes acelerar like le vas a hacer daño. i'll never ever forget my mom was like le vas a hacer daño al bebé if you're acting like this so she's like you're gonna harm the child like you have to relax you can't be hysterical and i'm like I'll never forget. I yelled at my mom and I was like, mom, there is no baby. She just told me that there's no heartbeat. I'll never forget. So again, I'm driving. I'm like panicking. I'm crying hysterically. Like I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. So yeah, I did not want to be alone at that time. But it just, it definitely helped build the person I am now. And it helped me become stronger. But um moving forward to um being at the hospital i called my other best friend because again i didn't want to be by myself and yeah that was that was kind of tough when i had to get another 
um, opinion. Like, I don't know if it helped or not being told again, but I just wanted to, my best, one of my best friends, Angie, she told me to, I just needed to go to the hospital, get another opinion, um, just to be sure, because, you know, maybe some texts can be wrong or she just, I don't know, like, she just get another opinion, you know, because you just have to. So that's what I did. And when I got to the hospital, just having to hear that like and this time they were that hospital that i went to i love that hospital now oh my gosh like and that's the hospital that i went to the first time where i had a little bit of a scare but i love that hospital honestly they're super religious as well so they treat you they're like their staff is just more welcoming um and the doctor was super empathetic with me like he even opened up to me how like him and his wife their first child they suffered a miscarriage and he just Oh, they gave me like a whole packet too, like counseling of help, support groups. Like they gave me a little prayer, to, um, like booklet. Like they were just so so supportive, and yeah, they they um scheduled me with their OB that they that works for their offices and for that hospital. And then again, they just offered they he um at least suggested like therapy and counseling. He's like, this is a lot. You're like. And he's like, um, it's even harder when you're doing it by yourself. Like, he didn't even mention the spouse part or anything like that. He kind of, like, dismissed it. But obviously, he did acknowledge the fact that I was by myself. But he didn't make me feel alone. Like, the way he said it was very comforting. And he did say, you know, like, this is a hard thing to go through in general. And when you don't have the right support or you're by yourself, it can be tough. So these are your, like, I suggest you, like get help get counseling like don't feel like you're so you don't feel like you're alone like that's why the support group was there because of other parents moms that have gone through it so he did again he acknowledged the fact that I was by myself but he didn't do it in a disrespectful way like they did at the office um so I was very thankful for that and it just made me feel more comfortable and just not alone I really I did not feel alone at that hospital even though the beginning part I was until my other best friend um got there I didn't feel like I was alone, though. Um, again, maybe because it's religious, so I just felt like more of like a godly presence or a spiritual presence. But the whole thing, yeah, it was. There was times where I was like a little bit of disappointment to myself because again, I had kind of failed my child in giving them a parent, another parent role, a father figure. But um, an absent father. Um, it's not even worth it. So no father is better than an absent father, you know? So, um, that's kind of how I saw it, but I know that I had already failed my child, which I kind of felt bad for. Um, but yeah, all that, that's kind of like my process on how I dealt with that pregnancy all by myself. And then, um, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about how I dealt with the actual grieving part and all that in a minute. So after, you know, everything was confirmed and all that, I um, I went to go see the OB. And then even the OB, like, he also had to ask, like, oh, about, like, my partner and stuff like that. And after I told him, you know, like, I was by myself, he's like, again, in a way where it wasn't um, offensive, he was just like, it's just not the right timing, you know. Um, he's just like, what's meant to be will be. And in the future, he's just like, it just didn't happen for a reason you know and next time you do become pregnant you'll 
have like the perfect partner. You'll be married. I'll be seen here with your husband and you'll be in a different situation and I will be celebrating good news. You know, hopefully I'll be delivering your baby, <laughs> which I doubt because that Obi is a little viejito. <laughs> I mean, I would love if he would be able to deliver my future baby, but mm, he's a little bit on the older side. But and, OK, so um, I went to the office and everything and. I, I don't know if you guys knew this. I don't know if I had shared this. But I did have to have a DNC. Um, and so it's pretty much like... So there's a surgery, which some people... I don't know. There's like a controversy on this, which is kind of like an abortion. But it's not an abortion because obviously it's not planned. A DNC is like an emergency surgery where... Um, they have to perform because the fetus never leaves your uterus, your body. And that's what happened to me in my situation. Um, I even I had a missed miscarriage, so I had like no symptoms. I would have never known if I actually didn't go to the hospital. And so with some like the fetus is supposed to flush itself out after a while, like your body just kind of knows like it wakes up and they're like, it's not living anymore so we don't have to provide nutrients and you guys kind of part ways your body with the fetus and my body did not do that so my baby was still there even for two weeks additionally after I miscarried so at that point um, I had to get that surgery because it was just going to cause an infection and it was going to be built up blood that when the fetus did eventually come out when the baby and my body parted ways. I was going to lose a lot of blood because it was just all going to be like clogged up. So and that's something that the OB was able to see. He was able to see that wall of blood build up. So after the two weeks that passed and I still hadn't. It was like about a week and a half or two. And I still hadn't um, released the fetus. I had to go back for surgery. Like there was no way around it. So <laughs> that was another part. Um, that was probably the hardest part. Of having to do that surgery by myself in a way my best friend and my mom were there with me but it was oh, it's the hardest it was the hardest hardest thing oh. it was the first time I had had surgery I didn't think I was gonna cry because like I said I was kind of like laughing at the beginning but I never had surgery ever I had never been in an operating room I had never even been to an emergency let's start off there um so me dealing with this whole process, it was constant like hospital visits and doctor's visits. And I'm not like that. I'm a super healthy person. So, um, yeah, that surgery was, it was kind of tough because it's kind of like knowing when you're going to pass away, like, you know, or like knowing when someone that you love is going to pass away. You're like, okay, like on January 20th, like that's their last day, you know? And then you like dread that day. So for me, that kind of was the thing. So after like the week or two that I didn't, the fetus didn't come out, I knew what was going to happen. I knew that we were officially going to say goodbye to each other. I knew I was no longer going to be pregnant because you, so the thing was that's, and that's why I needed a DNC was because my body still thought I was pregnant. My body was still providing the nutrients. I was still having all the symptoms of pregnancy. So I didn't want my body to say goodbye. I didn't want my body to stop providing those nutrients and stop taking care of my baby. Even while the baby was dead inside me, like 
I still wanted my body to take care of it. And so where the surgery was kind of like that day came where you knew that was going to be your last day together with that person. So it just sucked. It sucked so bad. And the pain that came with it after. So after I had the DNC there, um, you know, like I was, my body was going to regulate. I was going to start a period and all that. But like the day or two days after is when your body just flushes out like some other stuff. I'm not quite sure. But it's like a pain that I, it's like period cramps, but worse. I'll never forget out of nowhere. It was like a sudden I was just chilling in the living room. No, I was in the kitchen. I was um, chopping up some like onion, I think, or I was making pico de gallo. So I was chopping up onions or tomatoes or both. <laughs> and all of a sudden I got this pain, this pain in my, in my legs and in my stomach. And I was like, I need to sit down. And I went to lay down and not even kidding guys. Like I'm like, I, I went to sit down in the couch and then from there I was like, I need to go lay down. And I laid down on my bed and the pain that rushed over me was insane. Like I started, I'll never forget too, when I was younger and I first got my period, like my cramps were like really bad. I would ask my siblings all the time to like punch me in my legs. I felt like soreness, but like also like, I don't know. It was just like, oh, it was a pain. It was like cramps, but 10 times the cramps. And I can't say um, contractions because I've never given birth, but it's like period cramps on steroids (laughs) pretty much. So and again, and that day I was home by myself and I was just like, and I, which was good because I, um, I could scream and I could cry and I didn't want my family or my parents or anyone to hear me and like feel bad for me or anything. So I was just like screaming and crying really, really bad. And again, it was a moment where a part of me did want some comfort again of at least a person, but I was like, I just, I just didn't want my parents to see me suffering or my siblings. So I kind of just wanted to deal with it by myself, but it was kind of like, at the moment, I'll never forget. I was just like, I felt a rage of anger towards the person because I was like, it's kind of like thinking like you're putting me through this in a sense. And again, my mentality obviously has changed because I don't like, I, I, from day one, I took full accountability of my actions and my responsibility and my take on how I got pregnant. But a part of me, again, like this person had put me through a lot. And so when I was going through that, I was just like, <laughs> I like thought to myself, like you all, ha- you have already hurt me in the past and you still are continuing to hurt me because of the pain that I was feeling. So I was trying to like blame them for it. And I was just like hating them at the moment. But yeah, in that moment, it was just a lot of anger towards this person because I'm just like, this is happening to me because of you. And like, and then I'm not going to lie, a part of me like missed him because I was like, I wish you were here. Like, if you were here, like, I wouldn't hurt this bad, you know, like maybe some comfort from you would help or whatever. But it was mainly just that like anger and sadness. So um, that sums up pretty much from pregnancy day to the actual losing process um after I actually had to say goodbye and parted ways um that hospital like I mentioned they're pretty religious so they do um they don't give you the fetus but they don't 
discard of it, they have a special place for them where you can go visit them. And I love that. I love that. Because um, that's another thing. Uh, I kind of am glad that I didn't pass the fetus, that the, that the baby didn't come out on its own. Because it would have been a lot of blood. You would have been able to kind of tell. My, I had a coworker who had explained to me that because she had a miscarriage at home. She's like, it's traumatic because you can see the baby for me. And it's just something that you'll never forget. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, if that happens at home, like, what do I do? Like, do I flush it down the toilet? Like, do I throw it in the trash can? Do I bury it in the backyard? Like, do I just wrap it in here? Like, I didn't, I don't know what to do. So a part of me really did not want to miscarry at home because I, I didn't want to just throw it away like nothing you know like I wanted to keep it or something and so the hospital what they do is um they um have they bury them in their own special way and they have a little section where you can go visit them and oh I thought that was like again like God was being so good to me like he knew that I wouldn't have been able to handle that by myself at home so he gave me this he gave he gave me this option of okay now I'll be able to to visit my baby um on my own time by myself honor them and grief them whenever I want and um with other moms as well and baby is with other babies that did not get to to meet us moms in person so it was so special and again I love that on days where I'm just feeling down and where like I'm missing them or just life is happening, I can go by myself and I don't tell anyone and I just um just lay there and talk to them and listen to music with them and and I get to have that moment with them by myself again with no one there. My family hasn't gone yet, um, but my mom wants to go and my sister. And it's just like, it's just my me time. And again, it's a part of the grieving process where you're by yourself. And it's just like, this is yours and no one can take that away from you. Like, and that's the part I love. And it's not in like an insulting way or in an envy way or in like a jealousy way. And it's none of that. Honestly, I just love that this is mine and nobody can take that away from me. And no, I don't have to share this with anyone. And, it, and it's not being, like I said, not greedy, not rage not envy it's none of that I'm, I'm being like a hundred percent genuine with you guys like I don't even think about the other person when I just think about it's mine it's kind of like that first um like when you treat yourself to something and you're like that's all me type of type of like energy like I bought that I did that like when you get your first call and you're like that's mine nobody could take that away from me that's my pride and joy like I did that I work for that I earned that like that's mine there's literally like that's the feeling I have with my baby. Like, that's all me. That's mine. Nobody could take that away from me. Nobody can rob me from that experience, that feeling, and that bondness that I have with them. Like, that's all me. And that's the mentality that I've had that's made me feel good about grieving by myself because it's just like, and it's an experience and it's what's molded me. It's what's made me. It's made me who I am, who I am today. It's built me into a better person. And that's what I needed, you know, and that's my child that nobody could take away from me. Nobody could tell me wrong from right. Nobody could give me their opinion. That's that's me. And it's something that I take pride in pretty much. And then 
after that came therapy and therapy has just been the best thing to happen to me oh my gosh like I've been in therapy for a little over a year now um I turned a year in like August or September so it's been like 15 months or so and it has just been amazing and again um in this type of grieving, it would have been like couples counseling as well as individual because obviously as a mom, you experience the grief a little bit different rather than the dad. You both grieve, but in different ways and in the same way, in a sense, as parents and then as individuals, as a father and then obviously as the mother and that's the one carrying the child. So um, again, it's kind of like not that I'm being inconsiderate. None of that is just if you're a girl, if you're a mom no matter how much you love your partner and how in love you are and how much you love him as a, as the father figure of your parent of your kids and all that every woman all of them cuz even my mom says this and obviously like she loves my dad forever and they've been together for 30 years now they have three kids like even my mom every woman and if one woman tells you otherwise she's lying <laughs> but every woman will tell you the guy, no matter what, just will never understand what that's like. Being a mother, carrying a child, going through the pregnancy, being pregnant. Like, you could just never understand. You can understand, like, as a parent side of it, I guess. You can see your child, love your child, have the same love for the child. But as a mom, it just goes just one level higher. Obviously, it goes way more levels higher. But it just goes that much higher, you know. So it's not that I was being selfish or inconsiderate about I, that I would have been if we would have been together, me and um, that other person. I just, I knew that would have created some type of conflict between us. And we always, and we already had like a rocky relationship almost. We were pretty toxic. So I would have just always thrown that into his face of like, you don't understand what it's like. You just don't get it. <laughs> um, you don't get it. Uh, he also had another kid. So it was kind of like, you don't know what that's like you you just don't and regardless you have your other kid that you go home to and that you get to see and that you get to hug and all that I don't have that I will never have that you know I lost my child so yeah you lost one but at least you still have the other one you know and I know that at the moment and at that time of my life and my mentality that definitely would have been it so it would have caused a lot of anger anger from me towards him um, more than obviously like there already <laughs> was, but that's why, like, I was glad that I did this by myself because I got to heal by myself. I got to heal that area of my life and so many different areas of my life, um, that I needed to touch on and cover. So I'm glad I did it by myself. I'm glad I experienced it by myself because I got to heal by myself and, I needed that. I needed to heal from past traumas by myself and especially that one. And it made me definitely see things in a different light. That's why I created this this um, podcast. <laughs> that's why I rebranded. And that's why like I was able to kind of laugh a little bit and cry a little bit in this episode and just kind of tell you guys that it, it doesn't have to be all sadness by yourself. Like I think the most important part and I think the reason why I didn't feel completely alone was because I had such a good support system because I had my best friend who's like my sister um again shout out to Angie <laughs> um which she was 
she was the first person I called. <laughs> she was the first person I made a call to six in the morning. I think it was like six twenty eight in the morning. I just know it was like six a.m. It was before crack of dawn. I called her up and I told her I'm pregnant. <laughs> we had already kind of speculated. We I already thought that I was, um, but it was too early to tell. So my test had already had said negative. So when I took another one and it said positive, I was like, I freaking knew. <laughs> but I had a great support system, fa- um, family and friends wise. I had um, all my coworkers, other close friends, my family that even though it was tough in the beginning came around and oh my gosh, they just showed me an immense support and I, they definitely didn't make me feel alone. And I know they definitely wouldn't have made my baby feel like they were lacking another parent or missing that father figure because my baby would have had definitely had other male figures that were um, way better. <laughs> um, no offense. Uh, they just would have been more involved and better role models for my child. Um, my child would have had really great father figures in her, his or her life. And um, so I didn't feel completely alone, obviously. But again, there are certain things that friends and family can't um they can't fill that like romantic void or like that void of your partner, that special someone, the person that you created this life with. So yeah, obviously that wasn't fully um, filled, fulfilled that that's kind of like a, a void that really can, can be really filled unless you're that other person, you know? But um, so whenever I was lacking that or like missing that love romantic intimate partner then yeah I did feel alone which was like I said not uh, not that much I had my very small moments but I still had my moments of course you know like I'm not saying that I didn't miss that person at all like I needed them I really did and I'll never forget to how cringe me exposing myself I swear (laughs) um and if I was recording this I would show you guys the screenshot of it but I, um, even though I was blocked, this person had me blocked. I remember sending them a message saying, I need you. Like in a moment, I was, had I got into an argument with my parents and I just really needed them and I wish they were there and I needed their support and I and I didn't have that. So yeah, I had my moments where I, I did miss that. And if you're going through this, um, if you've gone through it and you know those moments where you're like, I wish you would have been here to share that together. We could have cried together, hugged each other or something then it's it's a it's a moment of weakness and it's a brief moment it doesn't compare to all the other things that you get to experience by yourself that come with happiness and come with another type of different fulfillment um so and again for me the best thing that helped me was healing by myself i'm telling you guys going to therapy by myself and just how do i explain this getting to hear my inner thoughts and validating that's what I was looking for validating what I was feeling you know because I felt like I lacked that I lacked that validation because again I didn't have that person um with me so it was kind of like I felt like I wasn't being validated and I wasn't being heard that's another thing like this person I I never had a conversation with this person either by the way guys so um like I told you guys when my friend told him that I was pregnant, like just we had no contact. And then obviously afterwards, it's kind of like 
what do we have to talk about? There's nothing to talk about. So after a while, like I I could have talked to him, um, but I didn't want to. At at there came a point where there is nothing to say. Like, what am I gonna what are we gonna talk about? There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> so and that's another thing. I was just like, I felt like I was being hurt finally when I was in therapy. Like, because during the pregnancy, again, the person that I wanted to talk to and needed to talk to shut me out. So that's the biggest thing. Oh, oh, I feel so proud. That was a good one. <laughs> like being hurt during therapy. That's what helped me in my healing process because I I was not hurt during with that other person during the pregnancy. Like they shut me out completely and they and I did not feel like my feelings were validated. So that's a part again that nobody can take away from me because now I was able to express all the anger and all the frustration I was feeling. And obviously like, my therapist didn't take my side completely, you know, like we obviously talked about it and she gave me different um, points of view. And that's, again, where I was able to come around to I can take accountability for my fault in this situation. And I'm not a victim to the fullest, you know. So my biggest thing, if you've gone through this um, by yourself, um, if you're currently going through this by yourself, is definitely, definitely, definitely seek some type of counseling whether it be a support group with other moms that have gone through this, whether it be um, a therapist, a counselor, um, your pastor, your priest, religious-wise, um, a best, best friend that you feel like is your like confidant. It's just you need to let it out. You need to. And and if you're in a situation like, is it like mine where you're not being heard, like this person just shuts you out, Um you need to you need you need to voice that because it's just gonna be like locked up in you and it needs it, it needs to come out and then that can develop into obviously more negative things in your life and it can cause you to turn into negative um, resources and stuff like that so I would definitely say seek counseling because that's what helped me the most and that's where I was able to just accept the situation and heal and I'm so happy now guys like I really am um the reason I'm posting this uh, episode around this time is because <laughs> next month my baby would have been a year old I would have had a one-year-old that's crazy to think I we were just talking about it with my mom like I would have been planning a one-year-old a one first first year birthday I, don't, I would have been planning a birthday party for a one-year-old like that's crazy I would have been a mom of a one-year-old like that's why I decided to post this because I did nothing I'd make it this far a year ago um last December last Christmas last year was very very tough on me because obviously I was hoping I'd have my baby with me for the holidays um and that was not the case it was my first holidays without them so it was very very tough and like I said I had just started therapy as well a few months prior to December so I wasn't yet ready I wasn't like fully there you know I wasn't totally okay mentally and spiritually now obviously it hurts i i'm gonna have a sentimental day i'm gonna go visit my baby cry you know grief in a healthy way grief in my own way but i'm just like oh my gosh they would have been one and and it's a thing again like every year around that time around my due date on my due date because i did have a due date um it's kind of like next year i'm gonna be like i would have had a two-year-old and so on and so forth and it just it, it sucks but again it's stuff it's little things like that that just brings some type of comfort after you've healed and after you've like 
let it all out and after you accepted everything it just it brings comfort honestly i'm just like the holidays now i get more excited because again like i'm celebrating now even though like my baby's not here but i'm not grieving anymore like i'm celebrating i'm celebrating their birthday um gonna have a little present for them as well and stuff like that so it's just a happy time and again it's something that i get to celebrate i get to do that for them you know and it brings me that comfort so um i think this episode is kind of getting a little long <laughs> it was a good episode though oh my gosh like i love talking about this i have a few episodes on it in the past i cry a lot on those <laughs> and then i do have like two youtube videos if you guys are interested and knowing about all that but i love voicing even though like i got to experience a very short pregnancy and my pregnancy um experience my first pregnancy experience was not what i ever thought it would be i'm glad i went through that because i needed that um i needed to let go of this person or this idea of this person and me together i needed to grow up and understand my parents and just i needed to go through that honestly and i needed as you know the saying like oh, esa las buenas, oh, es por las malas. i definitely had to learn por las malas <laughs> and so now i get it's something that i get to share and i get to help other people with but it's something that i carry with me and it's something that it's not i wouldn't say this defines me defines who i am but it definitely has a big role in making me who i am so even though i don't categorize myself as that victim of pregnancy loss as a single mother i categorize myself and i went through something really hard by myself and i made it out by myself and it made me who i am today and i'm thankful for that and i'm thankful that i was that i was able to be open-minded and grow and accept the lessons that i that that experience came with so my thing for my to wrap this long episode up would be get the help and surround yourself with supportive friends and family because that's really what you're going to need um and even though and it's okay to have those moments of weakness of missing that other person and stuff like that feeling disappointed but it doesn't compare like i said with everything else that's gonna all the happiness that will be filled um by other people because you'd be surprised what a good support system could do for you so on that note i'm gonna wrap up this episode and the next two episodes they're gonna be coming hard and they're gonna be coming good so i hope you guys tune in i hope you guys enjoy don't forget to subscribe to this podcast leave me a review follow me on my social medias and i will catch you guys oh don't forget to drink your glass of wine <laughs> i'll be um seeing you guys in my next episode with my other glass of wine i'll hopefully by then i have another glass of wine and i'll put you guys on but put me on please send me recommendations bye guys all right that concludes today's episode guys thanks so much again for tuning in don't forget to follow me on my social media go ahead and subscribe and review this podcast let me know what you want to hear next and i will see you guys in the next episode